The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Monday, November 13th, 2017, season 13, episode number 74. Welcome to another edition of The Break. I am Derek Eagleton, and we are live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios. And uh, we're talking about the Cowboys' loss yesterday. The Cowboys have a... It's their second really, really bad loss of the season where they just got dominated. Uh, I, I can't... I don't think it was uh, domination from start to finish, but certainly by the time you got into the second half, it certainly felt like it became a dominating performance by the Atlanta Falcons. We'll get into all the different things that went right and wrong for them. Um, but Cowboys lose 27-7, and um, I think we have to at least start the conversation uh, with Adrian Claiborne, who had what I guess if he makes the Pro Bowl, this will be the, the day that he actually made the Pro Bowl. He now has uh, eight sacks on the season. He went into the game with two. And yesterday gets six sacks, which is one from uh, the record in a game, which is seven held by Derek Thomas. Only been four men in the history of the NFL since they've tracked sack numbers. Uh, That would go back to 1982 uh, that have had six or more sacks in a game. I guess let's start there. Tell me what what in your opinions went wrong? How How did you end up in a situation where it was allowed to get to the point where one guy was able to get, and we're not talking about a premier pass rusher, one guy was able to get six sacks in one game. Well, I mean, it starts with Tyron Smith being out, and your backup is, I mean, it's a huge drop-off, obviously. I mean, clearly. And Chaz Green wasn't ready for the challenge, and the Cowboys weren't ready to to help him. You know, I mean, the guy, like you said, Derek, he's not a great pass rusher. He, He didn't even show great pass rushing moves. It was very elementary to just kind of get around him like that so uh i thought it was one of the worst performances you've ever seen out of one player before and he had a lot of chances he had all week he knew this was happening and they didn't help him either and they didn't adjust and you know i mean as i wrote in my column before we hear people asking about who's got the nfl record that they should have made some kind of change there and why take byron bell in there in the middle of the fourth quarter i mean it was bad in the second quarter he, he, he could have, if Dak wasn't strong and athletic, he could have been sacked 12 times. And probably hurt at some point. Yeah. You might, yeah. Yeah, I keep going back to something Jerry Jones said after the game, which he brought it up four times within the first five minutes that he talked to the media when the game was over. He kept bringing up the wide nine. Wide nine. And he stopped himself, but, you know, Freudian slips and all those types of things. He said something to the effect of, it really surprised us. And then he he was like, well, I don't want to say surprised, but we had a hard time dealing with the wide nine. Which, okay, so I'm not – football X is no guru, but if you don't know, you know, the, there's techniques on the line. You know, you hear about the one-tech and the three-technique all the time. That's close in by the center. Nine is about as far out on the line as you can play. It's basically you put your guy way outside the outside shoulder of the tackle and try to give him as much free space as possible to get 
to get a rush. And what you're essentially trying to do is you're trying to play a 4-3 with 3-4 three, principles, right? You're trying to have those three guys kind of in the middle and then one guy that's out flexed out really wide that can just go around the edge. Well, if we want to make the Cowboys sound really bad, it's a technique that you use for guys that are limited in their you know repertoire to try to get them ahead of steam and get them an angle around the tackle. Like if you only have one pass rush move. Uh, actually, you know, <laughs> watching watching tape of the Falcons last week, I noticed that Tack McKinley played wide a lot because he's a rookie and they probably want to do everything they can do to help get him some success. With taco. Well, maybe they should, Derek. Well, based <laughs> on this game. So really, my whole thing is, OK, Jerry Jones caught himself and said it didn't surprise us, but it sure as hell looked like it surprised him. Uh, time. What's that? That should have been a mumble time. Sorry. It sure looked like it surprised right. him, Derek. Um, cause they, I mean, they just didn't have an answer for it and far be it for me to suggest a bunch of highly paid coaches weren't ready for that or couldn't come up with a way to limit that as the game went on, but I didn't see any evidence that they did. And, you know, I don't know. It, it ain't, it ain't like it was rocket science, what was happening. And, and honestly, you know, they did chip them a little bit, like they did some things and it just, it just didn't do anything. And it's, it's, it's perplexing. I mean, like, you know. I, I wouldn't have been surprised if Chaz Green gave up a sack or two. Like I said, I thought he'd be decent. I thought he'd be duct tape, which would say he's clearly not going to be Tyron Smith, but he can get through a game. I mean, I mean anybody could have played that badly. It's, it's baffling how ill-prepared they look to handle what Atlanta threw at them. Yeah, I went back and watched the game, and I was specifically looking at Chaz Green the entire game just to see how much the Cowboys were helping him. Um, and how how Claiborne was really getting there. And and really what what I found out was that they helped him. They helped him a little bit. They were probably, I think Brian, Brian went back and charted the whole thing. So I'm sure they'll talk about that on Talking Cowboys. I want to say he told me it was like about eight times in the in the game between the really in the second half mostly. Uh they they gave him a chip or, or something to help him out. The problem was the sacks didn't come on those plays. The sacks came on the plays when they did not help him. And so it, it got to a point, and my question to Brian was does it ever get to a point in a game where you just say, "Hey, I don't. I know it might affect our offense, but you got to chip him every play. Like literally, you're gonna have to give this guy help every single play, especially on plays where you're talking about long down and distance. You're on second and long, third and long. You know, you're gonna have to give this guy help because otherwise, you're putting yourself at a, at a disadvantage. You know that he is beating this guy regularly, and the Cowboys didn't seem willing to commit to that that level of help." Uh, throughout the game and that's the part that's a little bit baffling to me especially once you get to the third quarter and it seems like it's just it's rolling and you really need these plays you have to throw the ball you're important in the game where you have to throw the ball and you just can't stop him yeah I mean and that I guess that's the the debate is you know you want to just change everything up and give him help on every single play you could call it stubbornness do you I mean and the Cowboys coaches have a tendency toward being stubborn in my opinion um but I mean, I just I haven't seen anything like that in at, in the NFL. You know, I went back and looked like that's the stuff you see in college. I mean, in his senior year at Mississippi State, Dak was getting sacked six, seven, nine, ten times per game. Alabama sacked him nine times the last time he played them. In the NFL, though, where everybody's supposedly good, uh, you know, I don't think anybody expected Chaz Green to play like Tyron Smith. But there's a significant difference between playing like a backup and allowing six sacks in a game. Um, and you know, 
you can place a lot of blame on Chaz Green, but when it gets to that point, you should be blaming coaching too, in my opinion, when you get to a point where an NFL team has eight sacks in a game. So, Amber, do you have any confidence at this point if Tyron Smith has to miss more games, multiple games, one more game even? Do you have any confidence that rolling Chaz Green out there that there will be a different result than what we saw yesterday? No. I mean, I didn't have much confidence going into this first game without Tyron Smith. And, again, I, like Dave said, I don't think anyone really expected Chaz to be that bad. I didn't expect him to be as bad as it was. But now I think that everyone should really be concerned. And even the coaching staff, they need to figure something out. Because even putting Byron Bell in there, that didn't help. He wasn't any better. So they're going to have to help him out somehow because who else are they going to bring in? There's nobody else, really. Well, and that's, you know, I, and I get it. It's a frustrating loss, and that's the type of things people say after a frustrating loss. But, you know, there's no shortage of people that want to cut Chaz Green. And I'm just <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I mean, and, and that's. He, should, he shouldn't play again. I mean, you wouldn't, I wouldn't ever start well, him What again. are your other options? I would I never start him problem. again. I would never options? start him again. Adrian Claiborne, you don't, you don't think it gets worse than that? Who's Adrian Claiborne? I mean, there's the drop, kid. Kurt Volkers? I mean, like, Who are what? you? Yeah, exactly. I mean, Bowlers, he, he, I mean. he was a first-round pick cut by the – isn't that the guy cut by the Bucks? And, I don't yeah. think he was cut. He just didn't he's, get He's resigned. had multiple seasons with zero sacks, though. No, no. He, yeah. He's not – I mean – Not a stud. He is a journeyman. There's no doubt about yeah. that. Remember, remember that playoff game against the Vikings where they, they let the guy named Ray Edwards get four sacks yes. in the game, and you're like, man, this is what this was. But Ray Edwards was a was light years ahead of this guy, I think, eh, right? I don't know. I don't – I think Ray Edwards is a decent – pass rush oh, right I think this, I, this I, guy's I, had six sacks in a season once yeah so he had so he's got that now it's but, like jeremy mincy having a six sack game that's what it is uh, which okay but don't i don't want to get too off i don't want to get too off topic really good. you talk about <laughs> i mean you know emmett cleary and dan skipper are playing games and john wetzel's playing games for nfl teams right yeah. now i mean okay you don't want to start jazz green again you want to cut him like is there a better option or is that just mad knee-jerk reaction because that's what it strikes me as it strikes me as like i'm pissed off because that sucked and i just want to do something even though odds are it's probably not going to work in favor of the cowboys and so you can cut him if you want to i don't think it makes a whole ton of sense well i would never play him at tackle again i mean if he wants to play guard i think maybe that might be a better spot for him even though he said he was more comfortable to tackle. I mean, fact is, once you're into this part of the season, the ability to be able to go out and find somebody who's going to be better than he is right now is probably pretty small, I would guess. Just just based upon the fact that the people that are on the street but, at this point are not good players or they wouldn't be on the street, right? Not to quote my own column, but I said this. If you're going to buy a brand-new sports car and then you're just going to drop the insurance— just because you don't care what happens to it. I mean, that's what you're doing. This is you have a brand new sports car playing quarterback. He is your franchise, and he this is the left side, the blind side that's supposed to protect him. He doesn't know where it's coming, and if you're not gonna, you, you should never put that guy out there again because you're risking injury to him and and you know anybody else that that's back there. Do you think that maybe this was a function of again, as Jerry talked about this this wide nine concept? And maybe this is what, what caused him a lot of problems because maybe he wasn't prepared yeah. for that. Maybe he hasn't seen that enough. 
in order to be prepared for that. And then you go into next week and maybe it changes. The problem with that is a wide nine sounds really good. You should run the ball all day long on that because all he's doing is creating this huge lane and they didn't have the back. I mean, that wouldn't, they wouldn't be doing a lot of wide nine if Zeke was back there or somebody that could hit the hole quick and with some power. And that, that's kind of your either or like, well, this is, this was a problem or was it, you know, was this the problem? Was it the cause or the effect? Not only that, but it, going back to what I was trying to say, like, it sounds all high tech and X's and O's, but like wide nine is, it's not like, this, oh my God, like it's this crazy thing that nobody ever does. Like if they were that woefully unprepared for it, I, yeah. that's trouble. No, no, no. And I, here's, here's what I'm saying. Like if you, if you listen to what Chaz said after the game, he said that the problem was his technique. And when you're playing against a guy in a wide nine, you have to be able to get back quick. Oh, and his technique was horrible. And looked, so he looked like he was in quicksand. Right. So that's my point is it's not that this concept is so brand new and just, you know, outside the box. It's that against that, and maybe it's because he hasn't practiced against that enough. Against that, his technique, I mean, the, the flaws in his technique were really shown. And, and that's the problem. So my question is. Do you not think that because there have been games, let's be honest, there have been games where Chaz Green has played and we left the game saying, hmm, not bad. Yesterday was not one of those oh, days, no. well, right? It's, it's, so do you think that maybe, again, it was that his technique was really bad and it was shown yesterday because of what he was facing and you give him a chance to adapt to that and it's better than what you're going to try to go out and find on the street at this point, I guess is what I'm saying. I I feel like a freaking idiot saying this because I watched everything that you watched yesterday, but... I've seen Chaz Green play well in games, real games and preseason games and practices. Again, not great. I'm not trying to call the guy a pro bowler, but better than that. Uh, I've seen him do it enough times to where, like I said, that I mean, that is that's just such a, a failure on a level that I can't even comprehend based on what I know him to be that. I, I mean, I, I straight up, I don't believe anybody's that bad of a player. You know, like Emmett Cleary wouldn't have given up that many sacks in that game. Uh, I, it's it's baffling to me, but I, I don't know that I don't know that cutting him is the right answer. I, I certainly there's things you got to do if he's got to play again. Uh, whether that's, you know, I saw a funny suggestion from our friend Jeff Cavanaugh this morning. He's like, if Tyron can't play this week. I'm I'm throwing Zach Martin on the left side and figure it out. See how he does. I was like, you know, that's not the dumbest thing you've ever said. You got it. Like I've never liked to that protect, idea. Yeah, to protect your your investment. I mean, maybe that's your answer. Well, I mean, the, you know, as Romo used to always say, but to the right tackle, don't hold because I can see him. I can see it coming. Somehow he could see the left tackle too. But he was like, I could see it coming. Maybe, and and I'm not saying he's he's great, but he's a lot better than Chaz Green. But I mean. Um, why not switch Lyell over there? That that might be a – I mean, that's something you would think about as well. But I think if you look at this week, the week that's coming up, that'll be the reason why. The guy you got to play is probably the reason why Zach Martin would never be moved from where he is. got to face Fletcher. Yeah, Cox. that's a great so, – Oh, you leave him where he is. I think – I, think, I the, think you'll be all right. I think the problem I have more than anything is – Compete. That's what Jason Garrett always says. Boy, and you could throw on every T-shirt this week, and, and there was something, you know, that it was mainly ha, but there was a lot of T-shirts out there. But compete is what he always says. And and Chaz Green didn't compete. I mean, you're getting your butt kicked all day long. At some point, get mad and, like, knock the guy on his ass because he's still Adrian Claiborne. Like, it's still. Unless Lawrence Taylor got in that uniform, he, that's still who it was. So win a couple of battles. It just that's that was the issue I had. It was just never like 
when are you going to get mad about this? Because, like you said, they didn't blow them out from the start. It was just a slow death. But as it went, it was like they can't do anything. And truth be told, I mean, they really got shut out. Other than a defensive yeah. interception, you know, and then the short field and a score, they didn't move the ball and score one point. Well, let's let's extend this conversation a little bit because we've talked about the problem they had at left tackle. But if you look at the running game, the rushing game had some issues yesterday. And, and I don't know if you guys put it on the offensive line, you put it on the running back, a combination of both. Uh, but you end up with uh, Alfred Morris, who had 11 carries for 53 yards, a 4.8 average. Really, most of that came in the second half when they finally got a drive there. I think it was about midway through the third quarter where they actually started picking up some yards. But before that, especially on first downs, they were getting literally nothing. Um, what do you think of the running game and really that being kind of the culprit behind the offense again, as you said, Nick, not being able to move really at all? Um, I mean, I'll start. But, yeah, the Alfred Morris – uh, Rod Smith, McFad. I mean, and I mean, they didn't, they couldn't do anything like, like you said, and that was a little bit surprising because you still got the same guys up front. Um, you know, in the in the interior, you would you would like to think you could kind of uh, push the pile, especially when they're playing such a wide front there on defense. There should have been some some running lanes there. Um, you know, obviously there's a huge drop from the left tackle to to the backup. There's a big drop between the running back, and we, we see that all the time, you know, the Morris. And uh, I thought he would do a little bit better than that. I, I certainly thought Rod Smith would do better than that. And, and you know, we, we can talk about my thoughts on McFadden later when we get when everyone kind of shares their opinions. But, yeah, I was, I was surprised that they couldn't do more with that. I hear what you're saying, and, you I mean, you're right. It didn't look great, especially what I'm trying to pull up. You know, yeah, at halftime, Alfred Morris had six carries for eight yards. Um, and Rod Smith had one carry for zero yards. So I think there's something to be said for that. They certainly didn't have the success that they've been used to, especially on early downs. But I'm reluctant to even judge the running game, honestly. Because, because of the tackle? Yeah. Well, ju- I mean. They were so behind the chains. Your offense was completely one-dimensional yeah. because of your inability to protect the passer. And, yeah, okay. Yeah. I get it. They weren't The running backs were not successful. Dak had 35 yards at half and 42 for the game. They ran for 100 yards as a team. It's probably not the way they wanted to do it. A lot of that was scrambles. They still picked up the rushing yards they needed to move the chains and score, given that their only touchdown was a rushing one by Dak. Um, so in a, in a weird I, – I feel like the running game could have been there if the passing game had any semblance of anything. And and it's from the very word go, even on the short possession that led to the touchdown, Dak had no time whatsoever. I think he was sacked on second down on their first possession, where really maybe their longest drive of the day. He was sacked on second down and then hit by Claiborne, forcing an incompletion on third down. Um, and they, they punted, did they not, to end that first possession of the game? Yep. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, first possession, yes. And again, so even even before things got out of control, I just never felt like the passing game was where they needed it to be in the sense that Dak had time to find his receivers, hit the open man. He and Jason Garrett both said he needed to get the ball out quicker. I don't really buy that because he had Adrian Claiborne on his back every third time he got the ball. Um, so I, like I said, I'm, I'm reluctant to judge the rest of the offense because the pass protection was that bad that I just – I think the Falcons 
just teed off on it and and took advantage of it and they were behind the chains or Dak was running for his life most of the day but I think they were behind the chains especially early when the game was still in hand they were behind the chains because they weren't getting anything running the ball I remember I tweeted in the first after the first possession they ran the ball four times on first downs and they were averaging 0.5 yards I mean that's abysmal. You're gonna you're gonna be in bad situations. So this whole thing played out. Not only were they not able to to run well on first downs, but then on top of that, you got a situation where as the game continues to go, not only you can't pass because you got this this problem happening uh, with the the left tackle, but then on defense, you're giving up so many points to where it's getting to a point in the game where you have to throw the ball and you can't do it. So I think it all kind of worked together, and I think the running game was a part of that. I, I of course it was a part of it, Derek, but I'm just. And, and they did not run the ball the way that you're accustomed to seeing it. It reminds me of the first month of the season. But even go back to Arizona. They ran for like 100 yards as a team. I think Zeke, Zeke had 83. I don't know that he even averaged four yards per carry. It was not pretty. It was nasty. But they did enough, and they protected Dak well enough that he was able to hit balls down the field to Bryce Butler. And they, I didn't see that yesterday. I mean, 107 yards and four yards per carry – 4.8 yards from your running back. I mean, for most NFL teams, that's a really good day. It's crap for this team based on what we've seen from them. But I I would contend that on the road, that's a good enough running performance to help you win the game if you can have some semblance of a passing. Okay, so you're right about all this, about moving the ball, because I just looked this up. They got to the Atlanta 37. This is This is six different drives, okay? They got all the way to the Atlanta 37, another one to the Atlanta 37, Atlanta 39, Atlanta 20, Atlanta 20, and then midfield. That's six drives right there. They didn't score a single point out of all of those. And and if you look at every single one of them, there's either a sack or a or a, a penalty on the from the offensive line that that just stalled that drive. If those six drives, if you can get four, just say four field goals there, 27-7. I mean. I mean, I know that that's, 19. That, that's a one-score game. just And that's just four field goals out of six when you would like to think you'd get, get six. One of them is the field goal kicker that missed it. Yeah. Well, and that's what I said. Somebody, was, somebody said, what do you think happens if Tyron plays in this game? And, I mean, you can't say that the outcome's different because they, they lost by 20 points. I mean, I don't know that one player is worth 20 points, but I certainly think the offense would have resembled – Something involving competent, which it was not on any level yesterday. Yeah, because Claiborne doesn't take over the game if Tyron's in there. So that's the difference, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and okay, again, maybe they get two or three sacks. That's a normal number in the NFL. That's manageable. Eight. Eight. <laughs> that's a problem. You don't give up eight sacks in the NFL. Yep. Let's take our first break. When we come back, I think we got to talk about the other part of this game that really got away from the Cowboys and it's really more about the defense and the player that left the game there in the, I think it was their third series on the on the defense being on the field, Sean Lee. We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. It can be hard to find the right resource for learning about important financial matters. You search how to build savings, you end up reading about the one weird ingredient from supermarkets that can make you taller. That's why Bank of America built BetterMoneyHabits.com, a safe little corner of the internet for answering your financial questions. Full of simple videos and tips, Better Money Habits can show you how to make the most of your money without resorting to random searches that always seem to lead to unbelievable photos of childhood stars grown up. 
To learn more, visit BetterMoneyHabits.com. What does it mean to be a Dallas Cowboys fan? It means you've got the passion and the heart to do your part supporting the boys no matter what. That's why when the game's on the line, you're on your feet, whether you're at home or in the stands. Actually, you're more than a fan. You are a member of Cowboys Nation, and so is AT&T, doing their part to keep you connected to America's team all season long. AT&T is a proud member of Cowboys Nation. Ice cold Dr. Pepper and the Dallas Cowboys go way back. They belong together, like Texas in football, silver and blue, shotgun formations and Hail Marys. Having a Cowboys football party without Dr. Pepper is like having Thanksgiving without the Cowboys. Basically, we wouldn't recommend it. So next time you have a tailgate, home gate, or whatever else kind of gate, grab some ice-cold Dr. Pepper for you and your friends to enjoy. It's a Dallas Cowboys tradition. Dr. Pepper, the one you crave. To work this big land, you need equipment with values rooted as deep in Texas soil as you are. Like John Deere compact tractors with a six-year powertrain warranty and big features that help you work less so you have more time to do what you love. John Deere was first in the Texas fields, and we're proud to be on the field as the official ag and turf equipment of the Dallas Cowboys. Find Texas-sized deals at myjohndeerdealer.com slash football. Terms, conditions, exclusions, and warranty limitations apply. See below for details. Back to the break. One for nine. Welcome back. It is the second segment of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We're talking about the Cowboys' loss. They lose 27-7 in Atlanta. Um, a game that going into it, I think most of us agree was a very important game just because of the way you look at the standings. We'll get into more of that tomorrow, but do you have something to say, Dave? I, well, I meant to do this at the top of the show, but you didn't really. You just kind of jumped right into it. But I wanted, if you want me to, I wanted to offer my resignation as a break analyst because these these two weeks have really been rough for me. Like, <laughs> if you listen to the show, yeah, I don't think I could have been more wrong about how they'd play against Kansas City. And then they turn right back around and just shove that right in my face yeah. against Atlanta. So, like, if you want me off the show, because clearly <laughs> my opinions and analysis aren't worth very much. The crazy I part understand. is, on the sideline, you and I were talking after the game, and I was like, as pessimistic as you typically are, this game, you gave them a lot of benefit of doubt going in. And I was like, they will never get that from you never ever again. Never getting picked again. No, it's like, if there's even a shred oh. of reason to go the opposite way you're going like oh no they're they're losing this game i'll pick them i'll pick them again this season i have no doubt but not (laughs) this season not in games if if 77 and 50 are in the game forget about it right especially this week are you kidding me yeah butcher cox timmy jernigan Vinny curry whoever the hell else they got out there nah nah man looking pretty scary if if especially if tyron's not playing if tyron's playing then feel a little bit better but Man, if Tyron's hard. playing, I feel a lot better. That's yeah. what I learned yesterday. That's like, which, I, okay, the running game wasn't great, obviously. I know that. This team misses Zeke. But I, Tyron Smith's the best player on this team. I can, I said that back at training camp. Nick, Hold that thought. Okay. Because we're going to actually get to that in, in a little bit. I do want to ask that question when we get a little bit farther. Nick, do you have something you were about to say? No. Uh, well, I was gonna. Are you are you on the plane? You said something about that question. The question. We are gonna get to that question. Before okay. we do that, though, I want to talk about the defense and the absence of Sean Lee because I think, you know, as you talk about what happened on the offense, I think you had a similar thing on the defense. Sean Lee started the game, and I think in those first few series, and really in the first half, the defense played a really good game. When I went back to watch it, I hadn't realized how how long they really held this game together. For pretty much most of the first half. 
they they held that Atlanta offense, and and then in the second half the wheels fell off, and I think it was a lot. It had a lot to do, if not all, to do with the loss of Sean Lee because I think, you know, it's just it's just too yeah. much for them to to overcome. Let's not forget that Atlanta lost their running back on the second play of the game. Due to Anthony Hitchens, yeah, had a Hitchens really had good a really game. nice hit on yeah. on Freeman and knocked him out of the game, and and then you know Atlanta is. They have a good, you know, one-two punch there, but Tevin Coleman really isn't like a elite premier back by himself. And but you know, he did a nice job in the game having to having to take over. But you thought that that was going to be something that that would maybe benefit the Cowboys, but it didn't really didn't materialize like that because they could run the ball enough to to set up manageable third downs. You know, they had some third and six, third and nines, and and Matt Ryan did did a good job there. I thought the pass rush wasn't that great. You know, they really didn't get after Matt Ryan that well. I mean, from what we've seen, I mean, they, they did an okay job, but got a sack there from uh, Lawrence, who's – is he second in the league now behind Claiborne, or is he <laughs> first? He's, he's first in the league, but Claiborne's probably seventh. Yeah. Like, he, he's in, off one game. Yeah. He's in the top ten in the league now. Yeah. I will say this, Nick. I did, th- <laughs> I did think they harassed him pretty good, again, in the first mm-hmm. half. Yeah. I think in the second half it kind of got away from him, but in the first half it seemed like they were they were going at they were getting after him pretty good, and he was taking a lot of hits in the first half. I actually asked, I talked to Anthony Hitchens about this after the game, and, and on, I mean, okay, the stats aren't great; they lost by twenty points, but I was like, they didn't gash y'all the way that like the Rams and the Packers did. Like it didn't it it didn't just look awful, right. you know. Um, you know, I mean, they averaged three point nine yards per carry as a team for the game, and like it it wasn't horrific it wasn't good and you know he he brought up third down which i think that's really fair Mm -hmm. um what was atlanta's atlanta was seven of 13 on third down and it seemed the one that really stands out to me was the touchdown to uh hardy which i think put him up 17 7 it was like brown just got shook it was that classic marinelli drive where like they had two third downs down there where it was like all right hold them to a field goal here it's still a one possession game this is fine and not only did Anthony Brown get shook, but it just felt like Ryan had all day where, I mean, you know, the pass rush has been so good. It, it wasn't there in those situations. It was not there when it had to be on these third downs. And it, like Nick said, it was a slow death, but you go down 17-7. The, that way, was huge. the way that they're, they were getting after Dak, you just that felt like, uh-uh. I remember telling you that. It was about 10, 10 50 to go in the third. I was like, this, this is the game right here. You go down 13-7, then, hey, that's a good win for the defense. But if you go down 17-7, the way that they can't move it, and it didn't look good. Yep. 13 carries for 41 yards in the first half. 21 carries for 91 yards after half. Which, it, like, that's it's not awful, but, you, I mean, it's a yard worth of difference, yep. basically, per play. Yep. One time, can we just defer? I mean, I know we didn't. They didn't win the toss. They didn't win. <laughs> it the wouldn't toss. have mattered yesterday. It, it wouldn't but, have mattered. Yeah. But the Cowboys get the ball first every time because they take it. They take the ball, and then other team, everyone else in the league, everyone else in the league defers. Why do you not defer? Especially on the road, we've talked about this a thousand times. On you, you go there, and everybody goes to get something to eat because they still think halftime's thirty minutes, like it is in high school, and it's only thirteen. And, you, and no one's back Lines in their seat. Too, so. No one's back in their seat, and you can take the ball, and it's the really no crowd, and you can just move the ball. Instead, they and and it's always nice to know who's getting the ball. You always kind of feel like if you got the lead, you can pat it. If you're down, you can get back in the game, and hopefully get a back to back like it's yeah. happened the last two weeks for the teams you were playing. Yeah. I understand that. I really don't understand why they don't do that. I don't argue. I didn't argue with it last year when it seemed like they were getting points. But 
it's okay to change your philosophy based on what you're doing. And they haven't had as they haven't had success doing it. I mean, when was the last time they went down and got points right away? It's it's certainly maybe I, once this year. Maybe one of those games. It has like. not been as automatic as it no. was last year. Whether you want to no. blame the offensive line or whatever. This offense has been good, but it isn't on the level that it was last year. And it's okay to change your philosophy based on what you have. Okay, shirt, blue pants every day. Yeah, no, pretty much. I mean, and you know, I kind of, I think of it as the same. Like, why isn't, why aren't you doing anything to help Chaz? It's like, well, this is, this is what we prepared for. This we want him to work his way out of it. Yeah, and and it's not always a great idea. Yep. All right. So here's the million dollar question, and I'll start with Amber on this. Here's a question I asked you guys on the plane last night, so you've had some time to think about it. Uh, which player did the Cowboys miss most yesterday in the game? You had Zeke Elliott, Tyron Smith, Sean Lee, and I'll throw in Dan Bailey because his mm-hmm. replacement didn't necessarily inspire a lot of confidence either. And uh, and so I'll throw that out to you guys. Amber, let's start with you. I think that it's pretty evident that it was Tyron Smith who was missed the most. Here's something I don't really understand, and I love Sean Lee. He's one of my favorite players. I just don't understand how one guy can really change the whole defense, such the whole group, you know? I understand for uh, the tackle position, I feel like that's completely different, and I feel like now I comprehend why one man on the offensive line can really mess things up, but I still can get through the whole idea of just Sean Lee being out, how it affects everyone else that much. It's pretty remarkable, isn't it? And, yeah, you wouldn't think it, it, from that, and he's not even the middle linebacker. And I would, I mean, I, I've said this on the show before. Like in the way the way the NFL is structured right now, linebacker I think is the least important position group on defense. Just you know, it's a pass happy league. Blah 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 blah. But uh, my my answer to your question would be: he's the one guy on this defense. His instincts are off the charts. He nine out of ten times knows where the ball's going to be before it gets there. And he's got the talent to act on those instincts. You know, I mean, Jalen Smith might have the instincts, but he can't make the play. The amount I of times the instincts a little bit. Too well, in this game. I, but go ahead. Yeah, Anthony Hitchens might have. Anthony Hitchens is a smart dude. Yeah. He played great yesterday. I feel bad for him that he put that game out there on a day when Sean couldn't play, yep. and it's for nothing because he was great. Um, but he doesn't have Sean Lee's level of talent to where he's in the backfield breaking that up, and all of a sudden. A play, a play that could have been, or a play that went for five yards could have gone for two or maybe even a loss because Sean Lee saw that. And like we're talking about with the Cowboys, it changes a whole drive. All of a sudden, it's second and eleven instead of second and four. And and honestly, they'll never admit this, but I think it's a confidence thing too. I, when he's not out there, I think it affects a lot of guys on that. Defense. Is is that also because of the guy that's out there in his place? Because I, I I think that's the part you have to think about. With all these positions, you got to think about the delta, the delta from the guy that's out to the guy that's backing him up. And I think there's a significant yeah, no. delta between those two players. I think, you know, w- one thing you're forgetting, too, or, or we all tend to forget because we don't really see it all the time, is, you know, he's the quarterback. He's the quarterback of the defense. So it is third and six, and it's a play that that, that he's seen on film because I guarantee he watches the film more than anybody out there. So it's third and six. He makes the call. We're going to do whatever the call is. Hey, you know. Anthony Brown, you know, watch it. You got inside leverage here. Don't forget, they love to do the, you know, the the draw here. You know, watch the swing and and 
Irving, you know, make sure and get get on the outside on this contain. I mean, just really quick, quick things because he's seen it on film, and you're just missing that. And one more thing to just say, hey, watch the slant here, watch the slant because I've seen, you know, and it's here's the slant, and all of it takes is just one inch inside, and then the slant's not there, and then the sack's there, just because Sean Lee was watching film. I don't know why the other guys don't stay behind with him. I remember being at Valley Ranch, I would see Sean Lee staying super late, just working out. I know here he stays past everyone else just watching film with some of the coaching staff and it's unbelievable I mean if you're such I mean being a leader of a group I would imagine with other guys example let's say Jalen Smith who is wanting to keep improving and get better at things why wouldn't you want to just kind of join in and tag along and keep you know studying though I I personally wouldn't want to Say that he doesn't like. We don't know. We don't know. No, no, no. We don't know how much time those guys put in. So I I don't want to. I certainly don't. Yeah, I certainly don't want to say that. But I'm saying as a group because I I know what I've seen before and I know the things I've heard from people that work over on that side. I'm saying working or studying as a group together. You know, again, yeah, they could be spending hours and hours studying. Yeah, I don't know, but as a group, that's a different thing. I think there's merit to everything y'all are saying, but at the end of the day. On, I mean, all that's true. Sean Lee's a freak in the film room. Everybody knows that. But, like, he's got all-pro, first-team all-pro talent to make those plays. And more often than not, he does. Like, yep. how many tackles did Hitch have yesterday? Hitch, Ten. Is that right? Ten? Hitch had ten. That's, like, that's a routine day for Sean Lee. That's, like, ho-hum, you yep. know? Like, a great day for Sean Lee is when you're getting close to 20 or setting the franchise record. Ten is just like, oh, yeah, Sean Lee had a day. Like, He's really, really good. So combine all of that, but really, I think it boils down to he helps them make those plays when they got to have them. I mean, I'm going back a year, but the, I mean, the play he made against Philadelphia in that first game here, I mean, won them the game. Like he does stuff like that on a weekly basis. He turns a potential 70 yard gain by Kareem Hunt into a three yard loss, and you don't have that when he's not out there. Yep. Did you give it your uh, your answer? I, I mean, I said this on the on the plane. I, I don't even think it's. I mean, I think the obvious answer is Tyron Smith. I just don't understand how it's even anywhere close. But you're right; they were all missed. I mean, Zeke was missed. Sean Lee was missed. Dan Bailey was missed. They were all missed, and and that's why you you know that's why they got their ass kicked. I mean, you can lose a, a player or two and get beat, and I'm okay with that because I, you know, this is a tough league to win and the reigning NFC champs and the reigning NFL MVP, and they're trying to figure themselves out. I expected them to lose the game, but they got their ass kicked because they didn't respond. And, 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 you know, Jason Garrett says, if he said it once, he said it a billion times, be your best regardless of circumstance, circumstance. And they were their worst. They were their worst. And so you got to put that on the coaches. If the coaches are going to say that, and you're supposed to be your best regardless of this, and they, they came out and played like that, then, you know, that's on them. That's on them. So they got things that happened during the week affected them losing, but things that happened in the middle of the game Sunday affected them getting their ass kicked. I'll make the case, and I know it sounds like most of you guys are on the, 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 uh, on the same page with Tyron Smith being the person that was missed the most. But I think a case can be made for Sean Lee, and the reason why I think the case can be made is because I don't think they were they would have even been in a situation yesterday where Claiborne gets six sacks if the defense could have been what I think they would have been with Sean Lee. At the beginning of that game, that defense was playing really stellar football, and like I said, for the first half, played really great football. In the second half, the wills fell off, and I think a lot of that had to do with 
uh, Sean Lee not being on the field. And when you when you look at when you go back and watch it, Jalen Smith had as bad a day yesterday as anybody you can point to. There were a number of times where he just couldn't get to the ball. There was one time he actually he diagnosed the play properly. He got off the block as he should. He just didn't have that burst to be able to close and finish. And and that's the thing about Jalen at this point is Jalen just doesn't have he doesn't have it's not all the way there yet. It's not all the way there. And that's what they're seeing. And so when you when you combine that and you compare that to what what you were saying before, not just that ability, but the ability to understand, diagnose and tell everybody else, here's what we should be paying attention to. And then the talent, as Dave said, to be able to actually finish the play. That's a big, big difference. I don't think this game got would have gotten away from the Cowboys yesterday if Sean Lee were on the field. Maybe they don't win, but I think it would have been a competitive game all the way to the end. I think they would have been in position to make a play or two there on offense, and maybe they win the game that way. I just don't think that it would have gotten to that point without if Sean Lee were there. There's no doubt. I mean, there's no doubt the defense would have been better with Sean Lee, but I say it all the time, and I'll say it again, like, you're only as good as this offense is going to be. So you need to score points. Just, you need, I mean, anything. Just I, the offense is the strength of this team, and I honestly, no, the defense didn't play great. I think I think they could have won. I think they could have scored more than 27 but, points if Tyron was in there. I know the Falcons hadn't given up. I, they haven't given up 27 points all year. Yeah, that's totally fair. But give me a guy who can keep Dak on his feet for more than half a second, I'll take my chances. I mean, you're exactly right about Sean Lee, but if Seven Coleman would have gone for 250 yards or, you know, flirted with Adrian Peter, I think it's still Adrian Peterson's record, um, then, then it's like, well, God, you know, how, how much was he missed? But, I mean, Adrian Claiborne had six sacks, five against Chaz Green. Or, no, just six against that position, regardless of what it was. I mean, and, and I asked you this. Does Adrian Claiborne get one sack? Against Tyron? One. I don't think he does. If Tyron's uh, groin was jacked yeah, up and his back were jacked Tyron up. Tyron or like Tyron, Franken Tyron, who's yeah. just trying to get through this Then game. maybe he gets one or two if if Tyron just, they somehow they got Tyron to get out there. and He wasn't 100%. And he was just trying to get out there and give him what he had. He probably gets one or two. Okay. He doesn't have a, a day like that. Sir. Okay, well, against the Eagles, somebody comes up to you and says, hey, one of those guys is is, is going to be out. One of them is going to play. In your heart, which Between one? Between Tyron and Tyron Sean and Sean Lee. Lee. One of them's in, one of them's out. Tell me, three, two, one. Which one would you rather have? For the Eagles, Tyron, I'd rather have. If they don't have both, they'll lose. How about that? Okay, but <laughs> which point. one would you rather for, have? For the Eagles, Tyron. Okay. But not for the not for the, not Falcons. For the Falcons. Yeah, I think for the Eagles because the Eagles' offense is so much better and their defense is really good too. So for me, the way I look at it is you're going to need to score a ton of points in order to beat them. I don't think you needed to score a ton of points yeah. to beat Atlanta. I think the defense is good enough. they could Because I've seen teams this year hold that Atlanta offense to scoring not as many points. So – I'm not I, – I feel a little better about the defense being able to win that game for you yesterday if they were at full strength without Tyron Smith. I don't feel great about that against Philadelphia. you got to score points against them. I think I mean, Philadelphia's offense has been awesome all yeah. year, and they have one of the best front sevens in exactly, football. Exactly. Right. No, I mean, I'm telling you right now, they will not win this game if both of those guys aren't on the field. I, that would be stunning based on what we've seen this season. And I mean, I'm not just talking about yesterday. You saw what happens without Tyron yesterday, but we've seen what happens without Lee too. Right. For a whole game. I mean, 
St. Louis, or I always call them St. Louis, the Rams, the Los Angeles Rams. I have Rams, a hard time with that one myself. The Packers. I, I, I'm, I'm sorry. Carson Wentz is playing MVP caliber, fo- ah, MVP caliber football, and their pass rush is nasty. That's just it's very disheartening to think All right. We're going to take our final break. We come back. I want to hear from you guys. You guys give us a call. The number is 214-872-2102. Who do you think was most missed by the Cowboys? Let's hear from you guys. We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. Cowboys fans know that the second best of anything simply won't cut it, and your skincare should be no different. A longtime locker room favorite of the players and the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Dallas-based Jack Black, is the number one best-selling men's skincare brand in the country because we make products that help guys look, smell, and feel better. Visit GetJackBlack.com slash Cowboys to get $10 off your first order of $50 or more. Jack Black. Look good. Smell good. Feel good. Official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel Will McClay and, of course, with yours truly, me, Brian Broaddus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. I hear all this talk about what it takes to be a cowboy. Everyone's got their ideas, but I just say to myself, it's what's up top that matters. Sure, you need men with the muscle and heart to get her done, but if your scouts and coaches are listening out there, a word of advice. Pick the man with the most well-worn Stetson. That's the one most cut out to be a cowboy. Stetson hats are handmade right here in Texas and have been on cowboys' heads for over 150 years. The rest of you can visit stetson.com cowboy to find a retailer nearest you. What does it mean to be a Dallas Cowboys fan? It means you've got the passion and the heart to do your part supporting the boys no matter what. That's why when the game's on the line, you're on your feet, whether you're at home or in the stands. Actually, you're more than a fan. You are a member of Cowboys Nation, and so is AT&T, doing their part to keep you connected to America's team all season long. AT&T is a proud member of Cowboys Nation. Back to the break. Welcome back. It is the final segment of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Appreciate you guys taking some time with us. We're going to get some questions from you guys. The number is 214-872-2102. Before we do that, Nick, give us your message. Dave, answer some questions for me real quick. Sure thing, Nick. Uh, did they miss Dan Bailey a little bit yesterday? They did. What was his injury? Uh, groin. Did they miss Tyron Smith a lot of bit yesterday? A lot of bit. What yesterday. was his injury? He had a groin. You know what? We found out that a groin injury is really important. The groin is a good, important part of your body. So make sure and put Tommy John on your groin. It's backed by the best pair you'll ever wear, or it's free. Shop exclusive Dallas Cowboys at TommyJohn.com forward slash 20% off your first order. TommyJohn.com forward slash Cowboys. Protect the groin. If they wear Tommy John, will they be able to play on Sunday? Yep. The Eagles? Yes. Is that true? Yes. Okay, cool. Yes. <laughs> fact think wait during the game or just this week during practice look it up i think jason both. jason garrett already ruled dan out for the, the eagles this morning on the fan so mm. not that i don't think anybody really thought he was going to be ready but just in case you did sorry that's kind of just a just a just a happy monday here. did he did he travel <laughs> to washington uh no but he yeah he was on the plane he was at this game which i thought was weird too i was like why are you here if you we know you're not going to play right which you know I think a little bit of that is player discretion. Like if you feel like you're, if you feel fine to make the trip and you want to do it, you can. Be a part of the team, kind yeah, of. Yeah, yeah. So, but I, I can't was, walk. 
I would stay home and be like, yeah, I'm chilling. I can't play. So more players that do that, the Kellen Moores that are there on the practice squad, the more you guys are just sitting there typing like this. True. Yeah. I'm like, Dan, stay home. Give me an <laughs> extra, give me some space. Got to try to write three stories on this plane right here. But from a player's perspective, I'm sure it's got to I'm sure no, it's I'm feel sure. weird sitting at well, home watching your it team probably play on TV. sucks. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like all those, everybody that's associated with the team looks for a reason to be on the sideline. Like that's where you want, you want to be in the crap, you know, like, you know, you're not trying to watch it from afar. You want to be in up the in there. Yeah. All right. Let's get a phone call. We got a call from Rob in Vegas. Rob, what up? Hey, everybody. Hey. What's up? What's up? Hey. You know, as a fan, I'm just tired of being held hostage year in and year out by Jason Garrett and, and Sean Lee. When I, when I look at Jason Garrett, I say to myself, all right, what does he, what does he bring as a head coach? I mean, hey. he's not a play caller anymore. He's definitely not a disciplinarian. Uh, bad clock management, manager, and he's never had back-to-back winning seasons. So I say, okay, he really doesn't give me an extra edge in the game. And then I look at Sean Lee, and, you know, Sean Lee's that hot girl that you just hope would stop cheating on you. I mean, he's, you know he's great when he's on the field, but you know he's not going to play 16 games. So it's like year in and year out, when he gets hurt, it's over. That's why I thought they should have picked up Bowman from the 49ers. Not because Bowman is great, but he's better than Jalen Smith, especially against the run where we're weak at, especially when Sean Lee leaves the field, because you know he's going to get hurt. So it's just like year in and year out as fans, we watch this, and we've seen this story before. All right, the Zeke thing, we've, we've never had that. And unfortunately, Tyron Smith is starting to get a little bit like Sean Lee. You're starting to see the injuries pile up, and now hopefully he doesn't hold us hostage because you see what's behind him. But that's just the frustrating part. I just I look at this team, and we have no edge in coaching. You, you, you saw no adjustments yesterday. It was like we all seen it. Chad Green was getting killed, and it was like, you know what? Let him sink or swim. Did you, and, hey, and, and, hey, Rob, did you not get in last week? We, I know you were probably calling. Did you not get in and say all this last week? No, I didn't get in last okay, week. Okay, because you would have said the exact same thing. I'm just just making sure you would have said well, that. I'm, I'm not a, I've never been a Jason Garrett fan. I don't think for a, for a team this talented, I think you need to have a coach that gives you an edge. I can look at Belichick, and I know what he does, and I can, I can look at Andy Reid and know what he's good at. Well, why are they talented I, I can, then? How are they so talented? Just, well, just Will Belichick McClay? Is gr- Belichick's a great – he knows – how to evaluate talent. He's a great defensive coach. You see him. He's always Who coaching. else? Who else? Other than Belichick. Andy Reid. Andy Reid is a great guy yeah. in evaluator. He said, yeah, okay, he's we're going to get some speed. He's outstanding. We... He got his ass kicked last week by Jason Garrett. Okay, but overall, who's a better coach? Andy Reid's a much better coach. Yep. Shiny left hand. You know, I mean, look at the guy in the Rams. I mean, this kid... All of a sudden, comes in Who? at 34 years What's his old. Name? What's his and name? He's a, what? he's a great play caller. What's his name? Thank you. I mean, what if you could tell me what Jason Garrett's good at? Maybe you could change my mind. I'm just so what, 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 I'm just what saying. I'm just saying. You want to call in on Monday morning and be upset by this stuff because of what happened in the game, but yet no. You, well, then call call last week. Call last week. Well, I couldn't. Call. I couldn't. 
Call Monday. I through, but I when was, they beat I was the Eagles, the Green call Bay Monday. Playoff game. Okay. This ain't the first time I, I talked about Jason Garrett. Nah, it's definitely not All the right. first time. Thanks for the call. And I, I, I will say this. There was there are there are fans who have, have made those kind of claims against Jason Garrett sure. for years. And so I, I think it's a fair question. Anytime a team loses, and you even said you even said, Nick, that you thought that yesterday this coach didn't do it. These coaches sure. didn't do enough in order to uh in order to to get this team in better position to be able to make a run in that game. But I'm not letting go of the coaching staff. Right. The, the continuity that you have there. I yeah. Mean, there's not a team in the league that can that can probably withstand those four players, those four guys, and, and lose and how much they are they're important to their team. There's the, I mean, there's no way. I say it all I don't think Jason Garrett is a great and great game day coach i don't know that he's a good game day coach most of the time in my opinion in terms of adjustments in terms of uh creativeness play calling all that type of stuff um i cert i mean does he get no credit for what this team is built like right now does he get no credit for the fact that they went 13 and 3 and right now they have a winning record i i again criticize him all you want but i i don't know What's the end game? It's the same thing as Chaz Green. Are you, like, you want to fire him after he lost a game that dropped him to five and four right in the middle of the playoff hunt? Like, what is it, – it, it's just venting to me. Like, it's just it's just noise. Like, yeah. you're pissed off, and rightfully so, honestly. And one thing I will say – I say this all the time. One thing I give Jason Garrett all the credit in the world for is that his guys play hard and buy into his message and – they typically don't get their asses kicked like the way they did yesterday. Like that doesn't happen to them very often. The fact that it's happened twice in this season is pretty surprising because even, even in the 2015 season, when everything was miserable, they were playing to the whistle far more often than they weren't. Um, So there, there's plenty to criticize for having said that. I, I like, I'm, I'm what's your recourse? What? Yeah. What's your recourse? What, what do you want to do? Jason Garrett's an old school guy. I think he's a little stubborn. I think he's a little conservative. I think that describes 75% of the coaches in the NFL. The two guys that Rob just mentioned, Belichick is arguably the greatest coach ever. So, I mean, what do you all time? What do you want me to do with that? Yeah. Sean McVay's having a great year. Again, I don't know what you want me to do with that. He's in a perfect situation where he's in his first year in the league. They brought him in for all of the reasons that he just said. He's a young guy. It's a fresh approach. Honestly, I hope more NFL teams try that. I'd much rather hire a fun, innovative 31-year-old than a retread guy who's, you know, Jeff Fisher who's failed elsewhere. I hope that is a trend that continues in the NFL. I don't know how it helps the Cowboys right now. You know, maybe if you ever get to a point where you're hiring a new head coach, event, I mean, eventually they will. Hopefully you think outside the box when you do it. But nothing that's happened up to November 13th, well, 2017, dictates that Jason Garrett needs to get a new job. Well, seven years opinion. ago, Sean McVay was Jason Garrett. I mean, sure. that's exactly what I mean. He came in. It was the same situation, came into a bad, bad deal, and they turned him around instantly. You know, and so th- that that that's what happens, and then we'll see we'll see how McVay and the, that team you know continues. But I I just think I just think when you when you come in on on Monday and, and you're upset about it, and that, now you're just going to say, well, I've never liked Jason. Garrett. I mean, it's always it, it's always just like huge picture every time. Okay, they played a game, they got beat. They shouldn't have been beaten that bad, but they weren't supposed to win that game. Yeah, but it's it's it's. I don't think it's fair to characterize him as it's just this week that he now is feeling like that because there are a lot of fans, and you've probably gotten okay. tweets from them as well. There are a lot of fans who have been saying for a while that they don't like 
Jason Garrett as a head coach. And it has a lot to do with what Dave said. And so I'm not I'm not trying to I don't I don't want to take that from him and, and kind of paint him with the stroke of all the people that are kind of yeah. just reacting. Maybe he is one of those people but, that didn't like him. And I think I think it is fair. I think it is fair to criticize what happened from a coaching standpoint yesterday. Sure. There's no way you need to talk about it as well. There's okay, no way you let a guy get to six sacks without doing more I get it. to stop it. I get it. But it's a weak argument to come up here and say he's not Belichick. Yeah. I mean, who is? I get you. And then and then then to come back and say Andy Reid, what has Andy oh, Reid ever done? Well, that one I mean, I, Andy Reid's a good coach. I he's, mean, yeah, he's a good coach. He's, what has he done? Well, I, I was getting there. I was right. going to agree with you. You didn't need right. to jump. Down <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Nick's fired up. If you haven't noticed. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, we, you know, Andy Reid. In a, he's he's done great things. He turned Kansas City into a contender. He made four NFC title games in the Super Bowl with Philly. He gets killed all the time for dumb stuff that he does. Yeah. Like he's game management. It is an internet yeah. meme that he doesn't know how to manage the clock in a football game. So I mean, this idealistics. Most coaches are pretty bad at something, and honestly, I think most NFL coaches are kind of dumb or at least a decade or so behind when it comes to how to think about and manage a football game. Like, that's just a fact, and I think coaches take a while to catch up to that type of stuff because ultimately it's their ass on the line, and ultimately I think a lot of coaches do things worried more about justifying it than whether or not it's actually a good idea. Like, you don't want to have to... You know, like people talk about Bill Belichick going for it on fourth and two from his own 35 against Indy all the time. He's just about the only coach in the world that has that kind of clout to where he's going to do that and not worry about what's going to happen if he doesn't get it. That's just a reality. Uh, so, I mean, there's a lot of stuff you can criticize Jason Garrett for for the millionth time again. Yeah, like I don't think he's that great of a game day coach, but to come in here and, and act like he needs to be fired or like he's the root of all the Cowboys' problems after a loss, I, I don't think that's necessarily fair. All right, let's grab a call from Al in Philadelphia. Al, what up? Hey, how you doing? First Good, off, you? Uh, congratulations on all of your award this past Saturday. Thank you. Thank Thanks. you. Um, David, you do a great job. Don't leave the show. And, Nick, <laughs> thank you for what you just did. I really appreciate it. Um, Sean Lee is my favorite player. Um, I think he's the MVP of this team. Um, and I'm a huge Jason Garrett fan. My question is this. Do you think um, Jalen is – and I like Jalen a lot. Um, I'm not criticizing the kid. appreciate what he's doing out there. But do you think he might be overcompensating for his um, nerve and he's just trying to get a jump on the plane, just trying to be really aggressive? Because he looks like he's always trying to be too aggressive and maybe do a, like a kill shot like Roy Williams and not actually read the play and see what's going on. Thank you for everything all of you do. Thanks. All right, thanks. That seemed like – Jalen just finds a way to end up on the ground. Like a lot, he's just like if I dive at this guy or if I lunge over the pot. Like at the end of the play, he's gonna be on the ground. He's diving into something at the end of every play. Sometimes it just looks like he's like, if I if if I if I do this, it's at least gonna look like I made. And I'm not saying he's not making an effort, but you know what I mean. Like yeah. it's gonna look better if I make this a little theatrical. That's how it comes across sometimes. Um, I think the world of him. He's a great dude. I'm not ready to close the book on him being a talented linebacker, but I just, I mean, every, I just don't think he's ready. Every time he is asked to play a significant role, it hasn't worked out. And that's, I wrote about it in my column last week, that, that new role for him when Sean and Hitch were both healthy, where he's playing 15 to 20 snaps a game. He was pressuring the quarterback. He almost had a pick. He had a sack. He, I mean, he was active when he only needed to play. Right handful of plays and i just i don't think he's ready to be you know what's to take starter caliber snaps it's gonna be real interesting when they have to figure out what they do with anthony hitchens contract 
Yeah. Or some linebacker there because yeah. oh I and I mean first I I I hate I hated the I, I get the point, but I hated the term that Rob used when he said Sean Lee's holding him hostage. I don't like like that's I get it. It's frustrating to see such a talented player sideline, but like Sean Lee's not doing this to spite you. I mean, like nobody's angrier about his inability to stay on the field than Sean Lee. I promise you that. Like he's the most intense person I've ever been around. I bet he broke something in his house last night, just knowing what I know about him. Let's hope not. I, I, let's just hope not. Let's nobody, let's nobody's not. in a worse. So I, I don't. It doesn't like do that. any good. Just go no. on hitting things. No. Doesn't. But all of that said, Sean Lee is north of thirty, and the injury problems are way too well documented to ignore. Yep. Jalen Smith, the book is not closed, but you certainly just can't take it at face value that he's going to become an All Pro. Anthony Hitchens is in a contract year. Damian Wilson will be in a contract year next year. We talked about that on the sideline last night. I mean, linebacker looks like one of your two or maybe your biggest need on this team going into next year, honestly. Biggest? Wow. One, uh, if, if not the biggest, then one of the two or three. I mean, what else? What else? Left tackle. Offensive line <clears throat> looks like a need. Yeah. Safety is there. And then and then linebacker. linebacker. I mean, yeah. it's I think those three. I mean, you could say something about wide receiver, wide receiver. if you want to, but <laughs> wide wide receiver is frustrating, but not awful in my opinion. Like wide receiver is workable. Those, like yeah. if everything else is working, right. the wide receivers will work. Right. right? They're not going to win like a whole bunch of games for you where it's just them, but they're workable. I don't. That's not a position I'm I, like. You I, need help there. You need help there. I, I think that that Des Bryant is a really really good receiver. I think Cole Beasley can be a good receiver in different offenses. Terrence Williams is, you know, workable, serviceable, workable. can be pretty good. But together, those three, I don't like them together. I don't like those three together because of the reasons I've said a thousand times. So I think that they could be all good individually in different offenses, but in this one, I don't you, really you like They did like use that speed downfield yesterday. They need like a big plodding possession receiver, right? Like just a guy who's not super fast, but can just get <laughs> possession reception. That's what we need. Yeah. That's more exactly than what he's looking Keep for. them coming. <laughs> Keep those guys coming. Thank you guys for joining us. We're back tomorrow morning. We'll be at our normal time tomorrow, 9.30 a.m., and we'll let you guys know what's happening around the NFC, around the NFC East, and where the Cowboys stack up when it comes to playoffs. Playoffs. All right, we'll talk about that tomorrow. Appreciate you guys joining us. We'll see you. It's been the break live on DallasCowboys.com radio. Playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. <laughs>